With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Inside Texas reporter uh, Justin Wells. Justin, uh, Texas had a big scrimmage yesterday, first of the spring. That was a true scrimmage. Uh, they had two halves to it. Uh, Longhorns went after it. Uh, Hudson Card took the field first. Quinn Ewers was with the twos in the first half and with the ones in the second half, I believe. Um, let's, uh, let's ask you right away, what were your overall I – I know you've talked to some people that were there and, and some sources – uh, what what do you glean from from what happened uh, at yesterday's scrimmage? Yesterday was, you know, people always ask, well, who won the scrimmage? Well, if we're asking that, the offense won. And, and you know how these things go, Bobby. It's a zero-sum game. Uh, you know, one does well, that means the other one didn't. But I think in this regard, it was a um, – it was almost a light coming on because, you know, it, it's been – what we've reporting about Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card, it's been it's been a battle. It's a, it's a competition, and Sark arranged it that way for for a good reason. Card came in really, you know, more confident and knew the playbook. Quinn came in kind of a little bit behind, but that's what you when you're a year away from it, that's what happens. And so, you know, early on in scrim or early on in in, in spring ball. Hudson's kind of had the advantage simply because he's the older statesman. He's been there. He understands a lot more of the plays, the checks, the calls, and things of that sort. But yesterday, when they made it a, a, a scrimmage or, you know, a pretend game with clock, with referees, and, and with all that fun stuff, the gamer light came on for Quinn Ewers. And this is something that if you've watched him in high school, you've seen this is what he does. Well, you know, it, it's not, you know, a lot of people may think, you know, he's an introvert, so he doesn't say a whole lot. He doesn't boast a whole lot. But when the game starts, he's a different kid. And I think Texas players saw that in coaches for the first time yesterday. Quinn was spectacular in, in, in almost all of his reads. In one particular play that we wrote about in our scrimmage report yesterday, two blitz, he had a blitz on both sides. The guy steps up in the pocket, finds his footing, and has an absolute dime out to Xavier Worthy, which I believe Texas football put on uh, social media a few hours after we reported it. Absolutely beautiful. There aren't many people in the country, including the NFL, that make that throw. And so I, I got to step in. I, I was talking to Jerry Hamilton this morning about it because we both saw the play in, on social media. And we were, you know, Jerry and I are of an age where Major Applewhite was kind of, he's a little bit younger than me, but I remember him well. I, I go, Jerry, that's how Major used to climb the pocket, except he could only throw it 30 yards without it being a wounded duck. You know, that, that was a little bit further where, Ewers climbed the pocket, which Major did really, really well, among the best of, of anybody that's played at Texas. Um, uh, maybe Colt McCoy did it as well, too, but uh, uh, really thought that was a, a, a terrific throw. With, and, and, and not to take anything away, I, from what I'm told, Quinn, uh, Hudson had a good practice as well. It, from an offensive standpoint, I think overall they did really well. You know, Bijan did Bijan. The jump cut, 
He's going to score. There's only one player on the defense that can tackle him one-on-one anyway, and that's DeMarvion Overstone, which I'm told was going sideline to sideline yesterday. And the fact that he's up to 230 pounds right now should make Texas fans all warm and fuzzy because we can – this is the first spring Overstone's been healthy since he's been at Texas, and that's kind of crazy. But back to the offense, Card and Ewers both played well. Ewers extremely well. Give some of the – you know, those guys got to go catch the ball. Xavier Worthy had a great practice. Jalil Billingsley caught a touchdown. He's becoming more active. Jordan Whittington, I'm told, had the best practice of all the receivers. He had a handful of grabs. Cavante Dixon took a bubble screen, almost took it to the house. He got clipped up on his ankle about 20 yards downfield. He almost took one. It seemed like we'd been hearing the defense had been kind of playing up over the last few practices. Maybe the offense took that personally. Maybe it was the gamer light coming on for Quinn. You know, it could be a hundred things. All I know is from everything we were told, the offense looked dynamic. It looked good. The coaches were pleasantly surprised. And that that's what Texas fans want to hear. They want to see progress. They want to hear about what good things can happen. Hudson Card is a good quarterback, but Quinn Ewers showed us something, showed everyone on that in that program yesterday that, hey, this is why he's so highly touted. This is why. Because if you saw that throw, there wasn't a lot of effort in it, Bobby. It looked natural. Yeah, I, I'm going to read you what uh, a source of mine wrote to me real quick. And, and this is just going to be verbatim. If he, and he was talking about yours, if he can just master the mundane, he's going to be outstanding. That's, that's what someone wrote to me verbatim uh, post-scrimmage uh, yesterday. Uh, talking about Quinn Ewers, the young man from Southlake. Uh, before we go further, uh, I want to go position by position with you because I know you got a lot of stuff. I do, I do too. That's good to talk about with this scrimmage, uh, Texas yesterday. Um, first of all, we, we both work for InsideTexas.com. We have a special right now going on, four months for just $1 to give us a try. Uh, we, we got uh, just a couple more weeks here of spring practice with spring reports, uh, trying to get those out to you as well. Uh, Justin, I want to go uh, position by position a little bit here with you just to get your feedback on what you've heard. I'll try to echo and, and, and uh, comment off of what I've heard as well. Um, you mentioned, we talked about quarterbacks. Uh, let's move on to running backs right now. You mentioned Bijan. From what I heard, Keelan, Rob- uh, Keelan Robinson had a nice day yesterday, a couple of nice plays, including a touchdown run. Uh, he also uh, was a little bit more involved in the passing game, apparently, yesterday. Have you heard anything more on the running backs? A little bit from Keelan, from Keelan Robinson. The, the main thing I heard was Bijan being Bijan, but we, we, we expect that. We already know that. My, I always ask, well, what about the other guys? Because I know that's an expectation that's going to be met. Um, and Keelan Robinson had a good practice. Last year, we saw flashes of it. And I, and, and I know Texas fans thought, well, they didn't see enough of Robinson last year or Keelan. Why, why didn't he play more? Well, let's just be honest. Last year, he didn't have the playbook down. He, he, he just didn't. This year – He's more into it. He, he's more. It's not so much as he's more bought in because he's been that way. He's a good guy. It's just he's it, it, he's you know it was a transition last year coming from Alabama to Austin. That, that that's a big that's a big transition. And so it looks like he's the work ethic and the the time he's put in has paid off because he can be so dynamic in the passing game. If you've got Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington on one side and you've got Isaiah Nayor on the other and they're both going down the field. That means there's a linebacker on that defense that has to cover Keelan Robinson. And I'm not sure there's any linebackers in the Big 12 that can run with that guy. You've got to get him involved. And the fact that he's learning the playbook better, the fact that he's making plays, 
that's a big, big check uh, because, you know, you're going to get Bijan, you're going to get Rashawn. You know what you're going to get with those guys. But Keelan Robinson is a third down back. That's imperative. You've got to have a guy that can to, to make the defense pay attention to all 11 guys. And I think Keelan make, is making those strides this spring. At wide receiver, you said Whittington uh, had the most productive day is what you're hearing from yesterday? Winning Jordan winning the, the, the two names that were mentioned Jordan Winnington had the best day Casey Kane had the second best day and that's that's a that's not the first time we've heard Casey Kane stepping up you know one of the lowest if you look at recruiting ratings one of the lowest rated prospects in the program but don't tell him that this is a guy that's taking the the opportunity to play at the University of Texas and he has run with it and never sleep on those Louisiana dogs because they are a different breed and they come to play, and they will come to bite. Casey Kane stepped up as well. He had a good day. I like that Billingsley at tight end caught a touchdown. I like hearing tight ends are, are getting more involved. And like I said, Xavier Worthy, there's nobody in Austin that can cover him. I'm not sure there's anywhere anybody in the Big 12 that can cover him. He's going to do what he does. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the one that we didn't hear much on yesterday was Isaiah Naor, uh, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, another guy you mentioned is uh, uh, Calvante Dixon. Uh, didn't hear much of Marcus Washington uh, yesterday as well. I do understand that they ran a lot of uh, empty sets uh, yesterday. Uh, one of the uh, favored uh, lineups when they went to that is what I was told uh, were not only um, not only was Bijan uh, lined up outside, but also you had uh, Worthy, Whittington, and then you had Billingsley and Jatavian Sanders also in there at the same time at five wide or, or empty sets and not necessarily wides, but uh, a lot more of Jatavian Sanders as an inline guy, apparently compared to the flex, whereas Bellingsley is lining up more outside now, it sounds like. Well, that makes more sense too. Cause if you look, you know, Billingsley's frame kind of steps, kind of says flex. He's just not, you know, I know that there, there's two types of tight ends, the big bulky and the athletic skinny. Well, he's kind of on the, the second one. Jatavian's kind of somewhere in the middle. But the, the thing you have to understand is the guys' names we didn't hear, there's only one ball. And it can only go to one player per play. And I think that's a great problem to have when you're looking at names that weren't mentioned, but they're behind five or six other guys that were. That's a, that, that tells you this offense is getting it. This offense is starting to become more cohesive. And like, you know, Harris Sewell told us a couple of weeks ago, everybody on this staff feels like they're settled in now. They feel like they're comfortable in their skin. They know their roles. And I just don't see a Steve Sarkeesian coach team not scoring a ton of points. And when we see and we hear what's been going on in the first month of spring ball at Texas, that's exactly what we expect. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but it's what we've been talking about. I, I think they're going to be able to score points. Uh, it may be predicated somewhat on the um, effectiveness of the uh, quarterback, which you and I have, everybody, uh, I think, understands, and also the offensive line. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm hearing more and more that they're settling in on the top five at this point. Yeah. And, I, and I want to say this, uh, I, I, I hesitate to say settling in because I think they're settling in before – uh, some new guys show up. Uh, and so uh, I do hear that Jalen Garth is starting to, to perform very well in comparison to some other guys. Uh, and so he may work his way into that top five, uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that, that plays out. Uh, they did not, I do not think they did a great job in the run game overall yesterday is what I am told. 
but not, you know, obviously there's some spurts where uh, they hit a couple, but, but not a, a, a overwhelming uh, job by the offensive line. It gets a defensive front that is more experienced. And also, I think there was more pass game implementation, implementation yesterday. I can't even talk. There, there was more of that, more of the passing game yesterday. You're going to, you know, we, we've heard this from practice to practice. You know, they also worked on special teams for a good bit yesterday. That wasn't a part of the scrimmage. And so they're, they're always, you know, to me, I think that's more of they are trying to, to, to work on different facets. They know what they have in the run game. And the fact that they're getting closer and closer to maybe five guys that could be their guys you know, anybody will tell you if you played offensive line, the guys that play together the longest have the best units. It's because they know each other. It's like basketball. The five guys that have played together the most, they understand what the other one can do, what can't do, what they have to help with. One name I heard that has really been helping out on the O-line, kind of making it a challenge, hitting that 2 deep, is Hayden Connor. He had played some guard last year. Now he's playing guard and some tackle. And that's the versatility that I think Kyle Flood strives for. And we know he loves the big size guys. We know that. But also you want guys that are more Swiss Army nice, you know, the, the Herb Hand style. You know, not, not great at one, but just kind of good at others. Well, Hayden connor has been doing really well at both spots. And so I think that versatility, if they can get a solid two deep, Bobby, coming out of spring, because we know who's showing up. Devon Campbell's coming to play. Kelvin Banks is coming to play. June 1st. There's going to be some dudes that walk in this locker room. They're going to try to take these spots. So these guys on campus right now, they know that. They're fully aware. They want to make sure they make the best impression they can possible. You know what that does? That generates competition, which only brings out the best in everybody. And so I love – I've heard good things about Garth and his athleticism. He's finally healthy. Hayden, Con Hayden Connor's versatility as well. That's pretty much, uh, you know, the gist of the O-line so far. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, defensive front. Uh, we, we, uh, Eric Nalin in his post yesterday, and, and he even posted more this morning, uh, if you missed that by chance, uh, really had some nice things, I, I think, to say about both Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus Byron Murphy <laughs> Alfred Collins may have the higher ceiling he may be the more prototypical NFL defensive lineman type Byron Murphy might might already be the best at least the most solid defensive lineman on the team Byron Murphy is so strong so 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 good at the point of attack he, you know these offensive linemen don't like going against Byron Murphy they just don't. They feel like they're wrestling a pit bull. And most people lose that battle. And Byron has this instinctual drive. You know, if you've ever talked to Byron, he's kind of a soft-spoken kid off the field. But as soon as he snaps his chin strap, he turns into this diabolical canine. And, that, and we saw a lot of that last year. Remember, Bobby, this kid played a lot of snaps the last half of the season last year. They couldn't keep him off the field. I think this is a guy that passes – uh, you know, a, a, a Keandre Coburn. I think this is one that challenges a Devondre Swift. You know, Moro Jumbo, he's going to have his spot. Alfred Collins is going to have his spot. And I think Byron Murphy is, is probably the most promising guy heading into this 2022 season. 
Very interesting. You mentioned that Murphy, one of the things that, you know, sometimes you just have a feeling about guys when they're coming out uh, of high school. I'll never forget the time that I learned that Byron Murphy had completed his junior college degree 60 hours by the time he left high school. Um, that, that's, that says a little bit about the young man from a, hey, I want to make something in my life uh, type scenario and what he's done thus far. And don't forget about Byron. One more nugget. Byron was overlooked in high school. He played on the same defensive line as five-star Shamar Turner, who wound up signing with Texas A&M. Everyone paid attention to Turner because he was the big name. But if you ask those offensive linemen they played against, and matter of fact, I asked Cam Williams, what was it like going against Shamar Turner, Byron Murphy, when y'all played each other? He's like, I don't want to touch Byron. Byron's too strong. Byron, I can't handle Byron. Shamar, I can handle I couldn't touch Byron Murphy. So I think he went under the radar a little bit simply because of who his teammate was. Yeah, that's interesting. He he certainly was a late pickup for Texas that has uh, bloomed into a, a key a key member of the Texas defense. Um, you know, the other guys, uh, Tavondre Sweat was, was there as well. Um, still having issues on one edge uh, is my understanding. Uh, Ovi Ogufu uh, has been playing better but did not uh, hear his name mentioned much yesterday. Prince Dorba got some, saw some time with the twos, I believe, as well. Um, at linebacker, Eric Nalin is saying that DeMarvian Overshone had a hell of a practice yesterday. It's, it's extended. It started on Tuesday. The last three reports we've had about Overshone have been killer. The last three. And this is him getting into his, his role. This is I've him got, Justin, Go I've got to interrupt you. I, I'm sorry. Here is my point to all of that. And I, and I heard okay. you at the outset with him. Fingers crossed, right? Because we've heard that he's, he's looked good before at times, and he, he, we know athletically he has a, a gift. Um, he's, a, he's a very gifted individual. The question is whether or not he's a linebacker. So I, I'm, I, I agree with you. At the same time, my fingers are crossed that this translates, right? It's not just because he's playing against a Texas offensive line that has a problem getting to the second level. Right. And so it's a good point. Uh, you mentioned some of the things that he did yesterday, though, to give people a feel for why you're so high on what he's been doing. Because he tracks and smacks. In the past, Overshone's problem was being too light. I mean, he has the metabolism of a cheetah. And so it was hard for him to put on muscle. It was hard for him to bulk up because they always envisioned the, the previous staff always envisioned him as, a, as an NFL linebacker. Ian Boyd, our, our X's and O's guru, and I have long said, Overshone should have stayed at 210, 215 and been playing boundary safety for the last three years. It's what he did at high school. It's what he was an All-American at. But we don't make those decisions. Sark and those guys get paid to do that. They've decided he, he looks best when he's playing linebacker. He's not getting caught in the wash anymore, Bobby. He's not getting – once a, a lineman picks him up, he's shedding blocks. Th these are new things for him that he hasn't had to really deal with before. And so going back to he's got to stay healthy, and we've heard these – all these proclamations about him before, but just to, knowing he's about 230 pounds now, that's different. Knowing that he's finally healthy and, and really contributing and, and stepping up and being kind of a vocal guy, that's new. And so for Overshone, this is his year. He knows it's his make or break year. This guy wants to play in the NFL more than any of these kids. And he knows this year is, is, is going to really, really solidify that with a, with a solid season. And so he's played well. I can't, I've heard a lot of good stuff out of Jalen Ford. I think that's a guy that's going to be, 
I think he's still a year away from really being a dude, but I do think he can absolutely be a contributor. Even he, he can be a guy that doesn't hurt you when he's on the field. He can actually, you know, he shoots gaps well too. He has a little bit of Gary Johnson in him. It's starting to come out as well. And so from the linebacker standpoint, I'm still a little worried until I see what they look like in the, in, in August. But right now uh, the positives are overshown forward and, and David Benda. What are you hearing in the secondary? Keaton Crawford. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can say is, why didn't they think of this sooner? How in the world did we know that Keaton Crawford was going to fit at field safety so well? But, it, you know, I always, you know, lauded him for his athleticism and his demeanor and his personality. I mean, he just he just doesn't say much, Bobby. He's one of those guys that lets, lets uh, his actions do his talking. But you put him in the back, you put him back there, and you let him start directing traffic, he starts ear holing people. This is a kid that likes to hit. This is a kid that likes to bring, 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 bring hat. And so I heard that Keaton had a great practice. I know that they've been playing with JD coffee a little bit over at that field safety and at the boundary as well. Jared Thompson's backing him up at backing up Keaton at field. Jade Barron's playing some more nicker nickel. Uh, Jade, um, Jaron Thompson's backing him up at, at, at nickel as well. And so from the secondary, I, I keep hearing about Keaton Crawford. I keep hearing about Jade Barron. I didn't hear much about the corners with Ryan Watts or Deshaun Jameson. But then again, when Quinn Ewers is throwing the football like he's doing, we're not going to hear much about the corners. Yeah, I, I, I continue to uh, agree with you on this. Uh, I heard great things about Jade Barron. It's been a continuation. Um, and if, if Keaton Crawford is the field safety Okay, and really takes to it like we like we're hearing. That is a revelation for a defense that absolutely needs and is crying out for more speed at, at, at safety because Anthony Cook's not a speed guy, Jaron Thompson's not. JD Coffee plays the run like like speed, but doesn't necessarily have that deep speed. Keaton Crawford is a is a key piece to that to, to allow maybe Texas uh, to do a little something different with its safeties. Uh, but I did hear Barron um, in particular. Uh, made a couple of nice run stops yesterday in, in an open space. Uh, I wanted to uh, push that. Um, overall, they, they worked a little bit on special teams yesterday as well. It wasn't full speed, according to Eric Nolene. Uh, I am told Bert Auburn remains the, the leading leader for the kicking job, and Isaac Pearson uh, remains the leader at this point uh, for the punting job. Um, overall, that, before, I want to mention a couple of recruiting things today. Uh, because it, some things did happen over the weekend that weren't necessarily on campus uh, that are important to mention. And then also, uh, I want to get, before I, I get off the team part of it, I want to ask you if there's anything else, the overriding feel that you got out of the sense that you got out of Saturday's scrimmage. The overall feel, this team, football's about, you know, football's about scoring. You got to score points. And it's exciting. You know, defensive matchups are great, especially for, for old timers, especially for the, the purists, you know, that love a, a Baltimore Ravens 2000, you know, zone blitz style or a 4-4 stack uh, Buddy Ryan style from the 86 Bears or 85 Bears. You know, you, you like those things, but football's about scoring. And when Texas brought in Steve Sarkeesian, I think the ideal was let's put up a bunch of points. The Big 12 scores a ton of points. Let's try to let, let's try to go along with that with that factor. And I think the, the, the main gist so far is Quinn's 
kind of opening, having a great day, card being solid, still being solid. It's not really taking a step back. It's more as Quinn's taking two or three steps forward. To me, I think that's, this program is going to be in good shape if they feel like on offense, they can put 35, 42 points on the board every every Saturday. That's going to be big because we, we know this defense is going to give up points, Bobby. We know this defense is going to, especially in this league. And so if this offense can continue to generate those plays, because some of those plays that Quinn made, those were broke down plays. Those were something out of nothing plays. If that can continue, sky's the limit. They score 35 points a game in conference. I, I think they win a lot more games uh, than they would have a year ago. I'll look that up and and uh, uh, be, be ready for that stat next time, because I think that's interesting what you're saying. And I want to add to that. If you think about the makeup of the Big 12 right now, with Lincoln Riley's departure, okay, Jeff Levy will like at, at OU will like to still run it up too with his offense. Absolutely. But but only other team that really has that style of offense right now is going to be Texas Tech. And so those are Texas Tech, OU, and Texas will be the three quote unquote scoring offenses. Whereas, and I guess TCU could be now too. I would actually put Oklahoma State above Texas Tech, to be honest with you. I'm not real sure what McGuire's going to do. I know they like to throw it, but I, I don't sleep on Gundy. Don't sleep on those guys in Stillwater because they score points too, man. Yeah, they, they do, but they don't, they're not scoring them in bunches right now. Now, it may be because of their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, it may be because they don't have the, a James Washington or Justin Blackman type of, type of dude out there too, right. you know, a Darius Bowman, one of those guys. Chuba Hubbard is gone. Yeah, you know? yeah. You get my point. It's I, I think that Gundy can. I don't think that Gundy does. And, and lately with Spencer Sanders, he's really been relying so much on his defense uh, that he's done well. And so if, if Texas can blow the doors off on offense, it's going to challenge some schools to do to get outside their comfort zone potentially they take chances yeah exactly which could play into a a defense's hand uh like texas that uh, hopefully gets more speed on the field like like we're talking about this year um recruiting uh real quick justin uh arch manning was at virginia that's where his mom went to school uh that's where his sister goes to school uh we haven't heard much about them to date i know at one point he was considering them uh they must be back in it along with texas georgia alabama correct I don't think Virginia's in it. Okay. I can't agree with that. I think it was a courtesy visit. I think the Mannings are incredibly polite and nice. I think it was a chance to go see his sister. Um, I could be wrong. I, I, I will talk. I, I've actually got a few calls into some sources at Isidore Newman today just to kind of check in, see what, see what the latest is before I make a trip to New Orleans in the next few weeks. But I don't think Virginia's in this whatsoever. Oh, Sean Mathis, the defensive end out of TCU, uh, transfer graduate transfer was at uh, Nebraska this weekend. Texas still uh, fighting for that one and, and really wanting. Uh, that's another one that happened off campus. And then on campus, Texas had a couple of visitors, including Jamel Johnson, uh, the safety defensive back cornerback out of Arlington's Seguin High School. He was on campus yesterday. He's one of the three commitments for the Longhorns, as well as a surprise visitor uh, that Inside Texas broke the news on. Uh, on Saturday and, and give people the, the, the info on that one. Aldine Eisenhower speaks to Ryan Niblett. There are three receivers in the state of Texas this year that are clearly faster than everybody else. Jonte Cook, Jaquez Petaway, and Ryan Niblett. Those are three that Texas has their eyes squarely on. 
They want speed on the field. You know, at, at, at like signing Brennan Thompson last year, bringing in Xavier Worthy last year. They want speed. They know this program needs it. Ryan Niblett was a, was, was a nice little break there for our Eric Nolene, getting him on campus. Letting him see the potential was probably better. Letting him see this is what the pass game can look like. This is what the offense can look like. You know, a lot of the recruiting they do with these, these, these 2023 receivers is predicated off Xavier Worthy. You can come in as a true freshman and contribute immediately. That's, that's one of the visions they're selling. Ryan Niblett would fit that, just like Petaway would fit that, just like Cook would fit that. It, it, it's a nice fit. And I think Texas has some – I think it was good to get him on campus because I don't feel like they're, they're at the top of his list right now. I think there are other schools that are kind of – that are making better pushes or, or building a, a stronger bond there. But getting him back, to me, was as, as important as anything. And to get him to watch what happened on campus, I think, was even better. Yeah, I mean – you mentioned that, um, and my my take on it uh, is that uh, Texas has a wide receiver friendly offense, and if you're a wide receiver, you will see that uh, pretty clearly. Devonte Smith would agree with that. What's what's that? Devonte Smith would agree with that. Yeah, exactly. Devonte Cook told me one time, Steve Sarkeesian can find a mismatch in every circumstance. Yeah, and and what's interesting, A and M had its spring game. You mentioned Jonte Cook; he was there. Uh, one that we got to watch now is JV and Toviano, oh, the yeah. defensive back out of Arlington Martin, was actually at uh, A&M twice this week. Uh, Texas has their eyes on him and really want him, uh, but it sounds like the Aggies are making some inroads there. That's one to monitor. You know, Toviano's, first of all, an outstanding kid, outstanding player, best corner in the state, one of the best players in the country. I love every part of his game. But I feel like he goes through these cycles. You know, at first, when he first started getting recruited, he loved Texas. They were on him early. It was an early eval. They had taken Maurice Blackwell. They just snagged Travell Johnson. Then OU came around, and he really liked OU. They, they were making a really solid push. Well, Lincoln Riley took his brisket to, to L.A., and they brought in, and then he kind of backed off. Then Alabama made a push, and for about a month or so, Alabama looked like the choice. And if you're a corner and Nick Saban's recruiting you, that's hard to say no. Well, then he came back to Texas, and, and, and I think he, he, he kind of caught that family atmosphere again. And he's listening to Maurice and Travell, and he's building with Coach Joseph. Coach Sark is, is his primary guy in this recruitment, which he, Sark is with a lot of the elite guys. And so Toviano's got to get back to Austin. I kind of feel like he's an in-the-moment kind of recruit, you know, kind of a, a off, 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 you know, after-visit high type guy. But he's also incredibly smart. He still wants to see Ohio State. He still wants to see LSU listen, A&M's in the mix. Sark and those guys better put their gloves on because Jonte Cook is going to be a fight. JV Toviano is going to be a fight. Harris Sewell is going to be a fight. And uh, Texas fans, just buckle up. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have all of it at Inside Texas. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Justin. A lot of guys also, uh, and I want to say this about Toviano, not only did he go to A&M yesterday, he also went to Baylor. Uh, so it's not like he's I don't think he's shutting it down. It's just another team to watch oh, no. uh, as we go forward. Uh, Texas uh, still waiting on uh, uh, Mathis, as I mentioned, in the portal. Could be some other guys in the portal uh, Texas is looking at One right thing now, about too. Mathis, he didn't get to really – he wasn't really that recruited in high school coming out of Maynard. I think this is his opportunity to sort of enjoy the recruiting process a little bit. And I say that having not heard anything from the Nebraska trip yet – but I know how important he is. He is as important to this to, to this 
Texas program in June as a lot of these other players, and he hasn't even committed to Texas. And so this is a this is a big time thing for them. Yep, absolutely. All right, big scrimmage over the weekend for the Longhorns. Some things becoming. Uh, I don't want to say they're becoming clearer, but we're we're starting to develop some storylines that we're seeing out of a uh, camp. Quinn Ewers uh, was the story I think yesterday, along with Demo- Demarvian Overshone on defense. Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas, thanks for your time. Have a good one, man. Hey, appreciate you, Bobby. All right, later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.